Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. My name is Ryan. And I'm a giant gold chalice full of skulls. That's my boy. He's back. I'm back. I've returned. That's right. They tried to kill me and they weren't successful. Listen, if you come for the king, you best not miss. Yeah. But they went for Listen, a hunter and they were close. You know, you come, um, you come for the king. You get, you get the, the, the horns. Yeah. There you go. Horny boy is here. We're back. This Woo. is the weekly scroll podcast. This is we're continuing with our month of horror. Um, I realize I think I said this to Josh that um, I picked extremely obscure indie games about demons for the entire month of horror um, and not really horror games, more like dark fantasy leaning into like demons and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think next year, I think next year we really need to do things like Slasher, Dread. I think next um, year for Halloween, we should only do like games with like religious overtones. Interesting. Yeah. I, which ones do I have? I'm sure we have some. So, yeah, I like, I mean, you know, I have not been here for almost this entire month, uh, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you I've did the just... very you did the very first one in the episode of the month, didn't you? No, you didn't. No, I haven't no, here because that was with uh, I, I was that was this wonderful meat castle and chat on the very first we did Dark Grail. Meat and chat. Uh, <laughs> got some big meat and chat. Meat, meat, meat. meat. Um, um, yeah, the Dark Grail, great uh, episode. I I watched great that great game. So I want to play the shit out of that game, and I want yeah. to make that a full zine and blow it out a couple more pages. There's some art in it. Mm, mm, Scott, let's make it happen. Yeah, um, I, I I mean I liked all the guests you had on while I was gone. Cause it's yeah, fun to listen great. to other people do it. And I was like, Oh, those are really good like statements and like people that know what they're doing. Things. Yeah. Not like yeah, us I was at like, all. Nah, y'all yeah. are great at this. What am yeah. I doing here, man? <laughs> we got, we got, we had uh, uh Christian Sorrell, me castle. Right. We had James Crane for marching order. We had, um, unenthuser, uh, Josh Demansky, who is a part, basically a part of the show. Now, um, they know, are going to be our regular, uh, side quest GM. Um, was that, if I'm missing somebody, but I think we just had three weeks of guests. I think we just had three weeks. Um, well, I'm and back. Then, no, uh, I'm, in my, I'm in my new uh, domicile. Uh, the lighting is not set up all the way yet, but, you know, we're here. We're working with yeah. it. It's good. You're looking good. You got a blur background. You know, we still got to get the, the fancy stuff going. But, um, but yeah, not much has changed here. I got a new shirt. Exit Press, baby. Oh, very um, cool. Definitely check out if you're not reading uh, Exune Substack. Awesome, awesome game mechanic discussions. Really, really good. Uh, Skeleton Code Machine, really great. And yeah, how how sick is this logo? Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Really dope. So anyway, tonight we are looking at another game that is an imprint. I don't think any of the ones we've looked at so far this month. Oh, they feed on fear was, um, but dark Grail wasn't, this isn't, it's just, it's, just, it's an, it's an indie game put out by a, a great designer. It is a quick start game. It's, it's demon crawl Gothic. That's what we're looking at. Demon crawl Gothic by Sandro AD. Um, great game. Really enjoy it. It is an incomplete game. Um, it is uh, the quick start edition with maybe plans to go back and finish it later. Um, and I, I hope they do. But uh, one thing that um, Josh Demansky made me feel terrible about myself for now that we're like 110 episodes in is um, Josh definitely did about 
I don't know, a million times more prep for his guest episode than we've ever done for any episode ever. Yeah. I had like a like a five page doc of like write up with like intro and stuff on it. And I was like, man, should we do that? And then I didn't. So I guess not. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like Josh is just one of the people who does an excellent job at everything yep. he touches. Yeah, you know, like- 100%. yeah yeah and if you uh i i I do i did show it off um for those that don't know space penguin inc now has the full reel the bloom god um and it comes with a chair and a bookmark and everything so definitely go check out the bloom from josh fansky for liminal horror oh man i have my liminal horror shirt too friday um anyway adhd and no matter all we're kicking here sandro ad um great designer you can find him on uh oh anyway one thing josh did uh was intro the designer in the game a little bit better than we do which is like at all so we're gonna we're gonna start doing that so sandro Mm -hmm. ad is a designer of demon crawl gothic which is a we'll get into it a very grimdark tactical um definitely you can tell it's very inspired by doom and diablo it's got a lot of the kind of like video gamey tactical mechanics which which We'll discuss, and I enjoy, and, and we'll discuss. Um, but on top of uh, Demon Crawl Gothic, uh, one thing they're working on a lot is Steel Hearts. Um, it is uh, it's MEC um, Mobile Engagement Chassis colon Steel Hearts, um, which is a tactical mech game, uh, which looks really interesting. Um, you can find Sandro AD on Twitter under Sandro May Cry. Uh, you can check their uh, dev card there for a list of, uh, it's basically like a link tree, I guess the card is. Um, so you can find all their games, their YouTube, their itch. Uh, definitely check out their YouTube for some interesting stuff. Um, but one of the things that they put out, I believe it was in 2020, is this game, Demon Crawl Gothic, which, as I said, is a very tactics inspired, very dark, edgelord as fuck setting, which I love. You know, that's my bag. Um, you? I know, right? Um, but um, but yeah. So uh, definitely check out all of their stuff. Definitely check out Steelhearts. I I sent it to Hunter. I definitely think that's way up your alley, bud. Um, and um, and that's where we're at. So that's I think we're just gonna. At. I think we're just gonna hop straight into. Uh, I think we're hopping in. Yeah, let's do it. First time. Huh. Yeah, how do we do together. this again? I've forgotten how we do this. You know, I, I think I dogs. hit. I think I hit this button. Boom. We're there. And it was off, just like I thought it was. Okay. So this is <laughs> Perfect. Demon Craw Gothic. Uh first off, damn look at that cover. It's a really good cover. Um and it's uh damn near the uh only art piece <laughs> that you're gonna see. <laughs> Yeah, like like I said, we're 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 gonna. This is an incomplete game that we are gonna yes. review anyway, um, because it's out there for the world. Um, but know that going in, that half of our review is gonna be based on the fact that it's not a complete game. Did we do that with something else recently, where we were like, I don't remember. You know, we record an episode and then it flies out of my brain, and then later yeah. on, someone references it. I'm like, oh yeah, wait, holy shit, I was in that episode. <laughs> yeah. You do that all the time. I'm like, remember this game? And you're like, no. I was like, we did it like two weeks ago. I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. But Demon Crawl Gothic, for those in, um, for those in, the other thing I also realized that I do a lot that I would love to not do. Okay. I sit way back from my mic and scream. Oh. And I would like to not do that. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to, um, I'm going to try to pull the mic in a little closer. I'm going to try to sit up closer to it. I don't know if me being closer to my mic is a good idea. 
I'm, I'm just gonna. My girlfriend I'm, is actually in the room with me right now, and she just really, really, really quietly was like, "It's not." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." So we're gonna keep the mic. The mic's actually currently across the room. Uh, I'm just yeah. that loud. Yeah. Well, we got gates on. We're good. So I'm just gonna try to keep it down a little bit. Here we go. Um. So Demon Crawl Gothic. For those in podcast land, um, the cover that we are talking about is amazing and it is it's got like a almost like a banner across the top says so Stephen Carl Gothic and then there is a giant creature it looks almost it's like its like body is made of like thread it's like spider right it's a spider yeah totally it's yeah. a spider with like but its fangs have lances. like but its fangs have are literally like giant banner shields yeah and its arms yeah its arms are holding giant lances and it's got like five or six skulls for a head dope um in front of it there are two figures one straight up knight full plate shield sword um one very roguish with a crossbow and the only color on it is the end of the lances right behind them are all blood soaked it's phew, damn it's the a gorgeous piece. sword is also blood soaked and there's oh, like true. blood in the shield and stuff as well so yeah splattering across characters great piece yeah. of art really really love it yeah um but yeah so demon crawl gothic um, I love that there's uh, some some cool setting lore stuff here I'll get into. Our world is rotting. The countryside is littered with festering corpses and unholy abominations. Our moon glows a crimson red. Our church has all but abandoned us. That's where they got me. I was like, all right. I like this game. Um, while the angels bring forth the final woe in their immaculate choir, there are still those who stand in the face of the apocalypse, brave warriors from kingdoms across the land, Slayers who, through their bravery or foolishness, stand against the endless spawn of hell itself. Yeah, this game is written for me. Yeah, this is very a very you coded game. You know. Yeah. So this is called a fast-paced game of blood and skulls for two to six players. This is the quick start edition. Um, it aims to give overlords and slayers all they need to begin experiencing the game, as well as generating their own content for the Demon Crawl system. Uh, the system may still undergo some changes, and Gothic will likely be supported with additional pre-written content in the future. Both me, Alessandro, Sandra AD, um, and the Demon Cross Systems co-designer Duffy sincerely hope you enjoy their grisly game and make it your own. Um, I believe through this, they were talking about um, the co-designer eventually doing like a space version of it, uh, but I don't think it ever happened, and I think that'd be dope. Uh, but yeah. we'll see. I mean, so it'd be cool if they finished this version before they started working on like another version. Very true. Very true. Um... Uh, I will say it's only 16 pages. I'm not worried that there's not a lot of bookmarks or stuff. It's a zine. Um, um, it is interesting that the the names in the um, uh, yeah right they're they're underlined like they'd be but, links, but, but not hyperlinked. Not. Yeah. yeah, they're not hyperlinked. Yeah. Uh, but on the first page, this is called the first hymn. I assume there will be other hymns later, but this is the the page of like. These are the writers, these are the artists, everything like that. I will say that the um, the quick start cover and sketch artist, Ryoto uh, Kajiki, awesome. The Slayer portraits, Zap, uh, fantastic. And the campaign book cover, um, it says campaign book coming soon. I don't think that everyone was from Sapro Artist. Excited to see that. Um, uh, but yeah, so this is the manuscript edition, first 10 contents, 
we'll just get into it. It's 16. It's not even 16 pages. So we're just going to skip that. But there is a nice uh, table of contents here. It's not hyperlinked, but again, it's 16 pages. I'm not that worried it's about it. It's 16 pages. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Demon Crawl Gothic. Uh, this basically is a rundown. It says this is the introduction. It basically says in 2020, two people got together. Um, but this is in very flowery uh, language. But two people got together uh, and wrote this game inspired by the visceral combat of Diablo in Doom. Um, and this is the gothic version, and that's why it has this like kind of dark, not kind of, this very dark fantasy um, overlay to it. Um, there's a big section of what is required of you. Um, it's a tabletop role-playing game. You need people and dice. Um, yeah. This is a and, little bit and more... And a chessboard. So, basically, yeah. I mean, it was interesting. Grid, slayer yeah, sheets, room eight by eight sheets. Grid. Uh, yeah. and, like, and I'm like, okay, cool. Because, I mean, I have, I have like 10 different gridded like dry erase things and they're like yeah it's a chessboard and i was like oh that's actually like a really nice thing because probably have one of those somewhere you know chessboards have more than eight squares don't they uh the royal game of chess is in fact quite ideal for the use uh with uh, for use with demon crawl i i'm sure that they checked on this i mean is a chessboard really only eight squares Oh, fuck. I don't know why my brain thought there was way more than 8x8 on a chessboard, but a chessboard is 8x8. That's perfect. All right. Well, look at look at that. It's not like I'd eight, I was just like, played chess a ton and was in chess club and shit. It's fine. Um, Were you really? Yeah. I wasn't, so. Um. Anyway, you need all of that. And then Slayer and Room Sheets, which we will get to. So it's a tabletop game that you need a lot of stuff for, and I have opinions on that. Um, we both do, I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, let's just, let's just jump into this. Um, I'll go through the, let's go through the core of slaying. The crux of Demon Crow Gothic is divided into two phases, exploration and rooms. Um, heavy, heavy, heavy emphasis on rooms in this document. Um, and maybe like one page of exploration, but, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, during exploration, the overlord will narrate various ruins, mazes, traps. During exploration, you will p play a normal tabletop role-playing game. Yeah, it has like yeah, and we'll get to dice mechanics, which I think are too low in this book. Um, hmm. But like, yeah, it is interesting. Like, there's almost like a two-section part of this game where it's like the exploration, which is just you playing like a regular, like, like rules light tabletop game and then there's like the grid combat mm -hmm. yeah um and i guess the campaign stuff when you read the author's note is where a lot more of that exploration stuff would come in mm. but we'll get to that i'm in opinion i'm saving it um cool. but um i when we do get to those mechanics and we'll get to it later but i'll reference it now uh the mechanics for doing checks and stuff in the room are different than those outside of the room so it's basically yeah. like playing two games um, yeah, it, it reminded me of. Um, have you ever read Icon by Massive Press? No, but I have it. Uh, I think it's. A, I think it's a lantern problem of being too fucking long. Yeah, and my brain says no. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because man, same, we did Lancer uh, on what episode three at your behest, and fuck if I'm ever gonna read that book again. Um, goddamn, I think it's cool. I. It, 5e mech combat is interesting yeah. you know aka lancer and the app is gorgeous anyway um combat in the room so to begin so okay so here's the thing rooms are a big deal and and the crux of the game realistically is 
horde spawn combat. And we'll get to that right. more in depth. But basically, you go into an 8x8 room, there are spawn locations, and there's an exit, and things will spawn in hordes, and you murder them. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you either escape the room through the exit, or you kill a boss, and you you defeat the room. Yeah. That's, that's the game, is what it comes down to. And that's cool. I, I do dig that. It's interesting. So here we go. To begin a room, slayers arrange themselves around or on the exit token on the room. Similarly, overlords should spawn own holy creatures in accordance with that room's spawn tracker. We'll get to that on room sheets. Once all the units have been placed in spawn, combat begins. When battling through a room, combat will happen in two alternating turns, slayer and enemy turns. Together, these two turns form one complete turn cycle, and the overlord should determine whether the slayers or enemies should have the first turn based off which faction likely had the element of surprise. Um, Alternatively, flip a coin. Anyway, so the actions that a slayer can take in a room. uh, During the slayer turn, slayers take collective actions in whatever order they please. So basically, when it's a slayer turn, just go whenever you feel like. Um, And uh, AoE can affect not just um, bad guys, but slayers as well. So the three things that you can really do in the game are slay, stride, and unleash. Which basically means hit something, move, or use a power. Okay, so when you slay, you automatically just deal d6 damage. That's it. That's just to a unit in range as specified. You add any damage to with stat modifiers specified by the damage stat, um, and then you add any bonuses from items and things like that. So very kind of like RPG. Add stats, add bonuses, add whatever. Do your d6 yeah. damage and go with it. Um, and then uh, once the final damage has been totaled, the Overlord reduces HP from the unit that was targeted. When the Slayer rolls a 6 on a Slay action, um, their listed critical passive is triggered. One of the very numerous tactical things that happens. Um, there is a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, when If you stride, the Slayer may move a number of spaces on the A by A grid up to their current speed. Speed is the stat you have. This movement may, be, may not be split. It is pivotal to understand that while there is no consequence to moving past opponents, you cannot move through enemy or allied units. You have to move around. Um, there's also walls and things like that that you have to move around as well. And you can use two dashes to cross pits. Um, lastly, while units can attack diagonally, units block corners and diagonal movement. So you can't be in front of someone and move like diagonally across the face right. of that unit. You have to like go left and up. Um, so technically you're not moving through them, but you're kind of still are. Yeah, because you still cross the corner. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you want to do Blood and Skulls? Or you want me to just keep going for a while? Blood and Skulls. Um, as Slayers hack their way through enemy units and clear rooms, they generate Blood and Skulls. Um, two, actually, I think I think this is maybe one of my more favorite parts of this game. Oh. I really liked this concept a lot. Um, I mean, you and I have talked about like blood. Um, it's like a, it's almost like a push forward mechanic. It is essentially right. So, um, let's talk this about one. Blood. This one is yeah. Let's talk about it and then we'll talk about push forward. So, yeah. blood um, measures the thrill of combat surging through the uh, slayer's nerve as the copper spray of blood fills their senses. Uh, it is a currency for slayers to heal, move, unleash uh, devastating abilities. And more slayers can hold a maximum of eighteen blood uh, at a time, uh, and generate it in the following ways. Um, so, each hit point 
Um, the Slayer loses, adds one blood. Um, each individual creep uh, in a unit slain adds one blood. Uh, each solo unit uh, grants a random, was it just 1d6 blood to the Slayer? Uh, and then each boss unit slain grants a random plus 2d6 blood to the Slayer, consuming certain items such as blood tonics or intentionally sacrificing HP will also rack you up blood. So I guess maybe not push forward mechanic because it doesn't, um, it doesn't heal you. Um, well, so healing doesn't necessarily dictate push forward. This does have some push forward mechanics in that, like, you gain a resource by um, uh, killing. But the yeah. other, that's that's kind of half a push forward. The other half of push forward that makes it a push forward mechanic is that um, you only gain resources by killing everything uh. that you need comes from pushing forward and there's actually detriments to um not pushing forward so like if you get weak or low on anything um retreating is the worst thing you can do but in this game although there are bonuses for like killing things there is yeah. no detriment to escaping that's actually an option there's ways to heal that don't come from killing okay, and like fair. you just said so like there's not tonic really and stuff. a push forward mechanic but still it's, it's it's partially it's partially in the way more like more like the way that like old Diablo did it instead of the way that like New Doom does it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Still still very cool. I still like the I love like, it. I obviously of, love like, it. Yeah, of course you love it, because uh, you're a weird Edgelord freak. Um I also uh, found this game while researching push forward mechanics, so it, it it did it did have some good stuff in it. Uh yeah. yeah. Um also I will uh agree with chat. is a weird number. Um, everything blood. is d6s the whole I game know. is built on d6s so 3d6 mm -hmm. I don't know. um yeah uh sure uh skulls um so skulls are generated anytime a unit is successfully uh slain their broken bones a trophy of the slayer's narrow victory these trophies are represented by d6s that should be placed in the chalice or similarly extravagant receptacle we got a red solo cup at my table baby um at the end of the room all these d6s are rolled and the total amount is the amount of gold each slayer individually gains skulls generated follow um each full creep unit slaying grant skull solo units grant two um, boss units grant a unique amount of skulls um and each slayer that dies permanently adds plus six skulls to the pile um yeah the blood oh. and skulls isn't my favorite part oh, of the game dude it's the best part of this i mean i like for like a very dungeony game like this, like skulls as like a metric for gold, and like that's amazing. Like that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and the fact that like I really enjoy the physical aspect of being like take a take a dice and stick it in a cup and watch stick your, it in my your, red solo your cup. chalice of of skulls increase and stuff like that. I love that. And when you die, you throw six six dice into the fucking cup. Yeah, I. I love that. I love that it's a very um, what's the word I'm looking like tactical, like tactile, yeah, tactile. That yeah, yeah, um, thing to it. And the blood, I really love the blood. Like you know, you Me you too. gain you gain like a, a resource to from killing to use to kill more stuff. I obviously I love that. Um, easily easily my favorite part of the game. I would take yeah, this I, system and throw I'm it into go a million ahead and say things. This is my favorite part. Um, mm. But yeah, um, very cool. And then. Um, then we so got the uh, to the free, free actions. actions. Yeah. Um, 
odd. I don't know how I feel. Not bad. Um, okay, well, if you don't know how you feel, let me read it so you can hear me talk about it. Well, okay, cool. Go for it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, unless you really want to. No, go for it. I love the sound of your voice, so go for it. Oh. Uh, regardless of whether it is an enemy turn or a slayer turn, slayers may use free actions at any time. So these are the free actions. You can use a consumable item. Okay. You can trade items with an adjacent slayer or conversely freely from across the room. And you can make any number of purchases from the blood shop at any time. This really kind of lost me a bit. Um, heal. You can do heal dash, surge, or rage. So if you heal, you slay. Slayers may heal one HP per two blood spent as they turn their pain into power. Dash. Mm -hmm. Slayers may dash one space per three blood. Surge. When making a slay roll for damage... Um, either by taking a slay action or using a talent, slayers may add plus d6 damage in exchange for six blood. So I guess you can do that three times if you're at max. Um, and then rage, slayers can exchange nine blood to make an immediate slay action um, during the enemy turn. While this slay can be surged, it cannot be a talent. So I don't mind this, except I think it's really interesting um, that like... So I think the guidance on the next part is the part that I'm not as big a fan of. And I don't know if okay. this is where it was for you, too. So free actions require mutual trust between the Overlord and uh -huh. Slayers. Generally, Slayers are free to heal and dash without the need to inform the Overlord until the Overlord has called an action. For example, if the Overlord calls that a Slayer is about to be attacked, that Slayer is free to use items or heal, but they may not use a dash or rage that would prevent the attack from happening Similarly, if the Overlord calls damage dealt to an experienced Slayer, they will take that damage immediately before being able to heal. The flow of free actions may take some adjusting to, and Overlords should be first most considerate of their Slayers and their experience level when determining if a free action can be considered appropriate and if combat needs to slow down. Mm, yeah, I, yeah, well, you, go, go ahead. I did not mind the top that part where I was like, okay, now you lost me. Yeah. Um, it's a little murky. Yeah. I mean, it's fiddly. Just, yeah. So sometimes it's like, well, in this kind of situation, like you kind of want to do it like this, but in this other situation, it's like, you kind of want to do it like this. It's like, yeah. Um, I don't know that I like how that's laid out. Um, so I think the issue is like when I'm imagining actually running this, and I think one of the critiques, and we'll get to it later is, I think that the creator could run the fuck out of this game. Totally. And I think it would be really difficult for anybody else to run it based on what's given here. I yeah. think it puts a ton of impetus and knowledge onto the creator. And just on this document alone, doesn't give the creator enough tools or doesn't give a different person enough tools to run it as effectively as the person who wrote it could because they know all the ins and outs. I mean, I also just like personally, I didn't intake almost any of that. And I would say that free actions cannot um, cannot affect other actions that are already resolved. Like, mm. that's just what I put. I wouldn't put anything else other than that. I'd be like, if the action's already resolved, a free action can do nothing about it. You know, yeah. like, you can't dash all the way after I've already rolled damage. Like, you can dash all the way before, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's but very I, think, I, think, I think that even in and of itself is where it loses me, in that you have actions that are like an action economy 
outside of the action economy. That yeah. You, and it basically tells you, do them whatever you want. You don't even need to tell the Overlord. Just have the Overlord trust that you're going to do it right. I don't, I don't like that part either. At uh, all. Yeah. I'm like, no, why would we not tell? Yeah, you're just going to be moving around the, the and spending blood, and I'm just going to be, and I'm, no one's tracking. Um, not that I don't trust my players, but I don't trust their math all the time. Um, That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and it's not malicious. Like, frankly, they've, they're a few beers in. Uh, yeah. if not something else, yeah. you know, so they're like, yeah, four, five. I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I don't, I, you're also right. Like it's weird. It's, it's a second action economy, but it's not really an action economy in the same way of like, there's not structure to it. Yeah. So as in like, I imagine like you're doing your actual turn. Yeah, and I think how I think how it's designed to work is like you're doing your actual turn and I can do these things just on my own without having to tell you because I'll just be like, OK, well, he's doing his turn. I'm going to heal real quick. You know what I mean? And that way, right. like the game can go without having to come back to my turn and go, OK, well, I'm going to heal real quick and then I'll do my real turn. I think that's I think that's what it's supposed to be is these are like almost like minor actions that you can do without the GM's permission just on the side while other stuff is happening so that when it is your turn, you've done all like this minor stuff out of the way. It's going to be like, okay, well I surged. This is my turn. I'll do this now. Or like I healed and then I'll do this. It's already done. You've already rolled. You've already done everything before it comes back to you. So it's almost like a set of minor actions to happen when it's not your turn. So that when it is your turn, you can keep going. I just don't think that they're not enough that you couldn't just do it on your turn and keep going, you know? Yeah, I don't know if even with that in mind, I don't know if I like it anymore. Yeah, so. no, I don't. Like that's the thing is like I don't. <laughs> um, right. It's fine. I just think it could easily just be part of the action economy, or yeah, even just be like I, I declare this or I declare that, and then like you said, like I don't even understand the question of like, well, I already rolled damage. Like you can't you can't heal before. Like that's not. It's a weird thing to even bring up. Like who would assume that like oh, like you rolled you hit me you rolled damage on me. But before you do that, stop. I'm going to heal. Like, who would think that that would be a thing that you could do? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I, I wouldn't have yeah. even questioned that, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think somebody – yeah, uh, uh, Meat said that um, it feels like house rule as opposed to, like, a rule that really, I think, goes well in the system. I think, like, writing it to not do this and maybe have a side that says, at some tables, they might do this on the side would be better to say, like, here's a way you could house rule it if you want, but, like, not as, like, the core mechanic. But, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, right. so uh, spawning enemies, the, the enemy turn, um, spawning enemies, uh, with the exception of the first enemy turn, new enemies will spawn at the start of each uh, enemy turn. Uh, these new enemies are placed near one of the room's marked spawn locations. Um, often flavored as like great to the floor, holes in the wall, whatever, um, magic portals that lead to hell. Um, I have the wrong windows open. Um, yeah. Overlords are free to creatively place these new enemies with gusto. Um, newly spawned enemies suffer no consequences, are free to take actions on the turn they are spawned. Um, with the first turn's spawn taking place uh, before turn order is decided. Um, so yeah, you spawn enemies in. Like, it's a horde battler, right? So it, you... Yeah. You spawn in the first round um, before turn order is decided, um, which I don't know if I would even care about that rule. Um, but after that, it's like you just keep spawning in enemies um, 
yeah, you spawn them in. Uh, it reminds me of there's a game called The Last Spell, and it's pretty much exactly this. Um, it is a grid based battler where you're fighting a horde, and every turn more come onto the screen. Um, I've been mean, sitting here this whole time trying to think of like what the name of that game is, and it just popped in my brain. Um, oh, interesting. I'll have to check out Roguelite Tactical RPG. Yeah. Huh. That sounds dope. I'll have to check it out. Dark Fantasy post apocalyptic. One session goes a little long in that game, so. Interesting. That doesn't bother me, though. I'll have to check it out. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Sorry, enemy turns. Enemy turns. Go for it. Um. Enemy unit types. Enemies are divided into units, usually taking up a one-by-one one space on the room's grid. Again, 8x8 chessboard size. Um, each with their own unique styles and purpose to smooth out the process um, uh, of spawning units. It is advised that overlords roll all the spawns for a given type. See, I'm screaming. Given type of unit at the same time. Uh, units come in three denominations. There's creeps, solos, and bosses. Um, creeps are your, your, your basic your basic little guy it's the it's the horde or whatever so this is interesting i do like the way that this works it kind of reminds me of the fallen mechanic um in the way that you flip dice so creeps represent a massive swarm occupying a single space they're best represented with a token and a d6 12 millimeter a regular d6 denoting the number of creeps within the unit so if you have a d6 mm. that's like four the swarm has four creeps in it um, and each creep in the unit only has one HP, which makes it really easy. So if it has, if there's four dots, there's four creeps. Each pip is a creep. If you hit for three, three creeps are dead, and you have one pip left. Which I really, I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah. Each creep. Yeah. When attacking, the Overlord will roll D6 damage equal to the number of creeps. Um, for each D6 that hits the attack threshold, example four plus, one damage is dealt to the Slayer. Um, so I don't know if we said it before. I think we've been talking about the Overlord. I don't know if that ever distinctly says, but like GMs are the Overlord. It does. So, it's in that list of things required for the game that we didn't no. really actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. So. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so basically, like I said, if you if you a creep, the number of creeps are denoted by the pips on the dice that are up. And then the overlord rolls a d6 based on that too. So it, six pips up means there's six creeps, each with one HP. And then they would roll 66 at you for those peeps. So um, they go down quick, but they hit fucking hard. You know, if they're one yeah. HP each, but everyone rolls d6 for damage. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is, I mean, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Um, shit gets hard. Um, oh, I'm yeah. scrolling on the wrong thing. Solos provide more genuine threat to Slayers. They have a single health pool um, represented by the D6, meaning their deadliness is unaffected over time. Um, as in, like, they keep doing the same amount of damage each time. It's not the number of D6s per creep, like, goes down. Um, and they deal, uh, yeah. And then bosses, the penultimate antagonist of the room. That is not how penultimate is used. Penultimate means the one before the last one. Um, but it is a cooler word. So the the final antagonist of the room, they operate similarly to solos with far more HP and a full gallery of special abilities. Their death marks the end of additional enemy spawns, which is an interesting way to say if you kill the boss, you still have to kill everything else in the room. The room's not over. Sorry, I'm looking at penultimate. <laughs> 
think I tweeted about that recently, and I don't remember why. Or I was just like, hey, just a friendly reminder, penultimate does not mean the last one. It means the one before the last one. <laughs> and like, it's so, such a cooler um, word, though. It is a much cooler word. I mean, you think that'd be the ultimate, uh, the penultimate. Um, but no, the next one. Um, so yeah, so uh, enemy turn, uh, the onslaught. Um, so basically, this is just their attacking phase, right? So every enemy can move up to their speed uh, mm-hmm. and make a single attack action, um, which is either the default attack or some of them will have listed um, alternative attacks. Um, and it here it kind of just lays out like, hey, kind of spread the bloodshed around, you know, like don't just hammer in on one person. And, and after reading damage and stuff, it really does make sense because like... You could really just beat the shit out of somebody um, if you target them. Um, Overlords may also use uh, bonus actions uh, if they're listed on the room sheet because the rooms will have bonus actions uh, to the room. Um, Mm -hmm. Once each unit has been activated, um, the turn moves back to the Slayers. Um, This waltz repeats until... Basically, this is just like the regular enemy turn and how it works. They move, they attack. Um, You might use a bonus action, which is almost like a lair um, action. Yeah, it feels very Um, lair, actually. Yeah. Um, which I think is really cool. Uh, I like stuff that like brings this like the room, the setting a little yeah. bit more alive, you know? Yeah. Um, Lair actions are like the best part of 5e boss combat. Yeah, I would I would super agree. Actually, it's the most interesting part um, by far. Yeah. Um, uh, the next section is next to Blood and Skulls, possibly my favorite set. The Corpse Beast. Also same. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the hitting zero HP and the corpse beast slayers are as fragile as they are fierce and may end up at zero HP um, and fall unconscious. If that happens, you make no more actions um, until the end of the room or until the slayer uses an item to heal or something like that. Right. But while unconscious, laying on the ground in a room, the dungeon, all dungeons have a corpse beast. All dungeons. <laughs> yeah. That will immediately spawn opposite the room's exit. By, but at least five to six spaces away from the unconscious slayer, the corpse beast operates like a mini boss. However, it is uninterested in fighting the slayers. Its main priority is to use its free action to consume the unconscious body of the down slayer and return it to the location where the beast initially spawned. If successful, the beast will escape, thus healing to full until another slayer falls unconscious and the slayer who was captured permanently dies. Upon this death, six skulls are added to the skull pile. Dude. Literally, like, <laughs> as soon as you hit unconscious, something in the dungeon is coming Some for your body. Dude. Some little creepy dude with a bag. Oh, it's not <laughs> even, like, a little creepy dude. It's not even the, the one in the one uh, in the dungeon down there is literally, like... Is it a creepy dude? But it's riding, like, a mech wolf or something. <laughs> and it has, like, oh, a full dude. bag of corpses. Let me tell you, in mine... If I like, if I ran this game, I'm interested to see when it comes out full what the campaign stuff is. Because if I ran this game for a while, it would be the same exact creepy little dude with a burlap sack, just over like, and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. just every, everywhere they go. <laughs> Different color hat in each dungeon, though. Like fucking not Papa Smurf. What was the other one? David the Gnome. Dude, can you imagine evil David the Gnome coming for your corpse? Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, I you're yeah. right. Yeah, blood skulls on the corpse beast are fucking genius. I love yeah, it. Yeah, very, very, yeah. very funny. Um, death and escape. Um, so yeah, oh, if you're attempting to escape the room, um, the slayer uh, can make one escape roll per turn. 
Um, and basically, I think you're you're rolling equal to or greater than the room's depth, um, which is one, two, or three. Does it go up to four? Uh, the one, the example one has. It's not. I don't think it's necessarily in order um, because the example uh, one given has like uh, two, four, six. Okay. Cool. So just you're trying to roll over the depth. So if if there is a a depth six room, that means you can't escape it. Oh, I guess you want to roll equal to. So you could Unless you roll a d six. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Um. Yeah. Unsuccess. Any slayers next to the exit uh, survive the escape. Uh, while the rest die permanently, adding six skulls each. Um. Yeah. So if you try to run. Uh, you all, whoever whoever succeeds lives, uh, and whoever doesn't doesn't. Uh, yeah. If a slayer, uh, if all slayers fall unconscious at the same time, the room is failed. Straws are drawn between the remaining unconscious uh, slayers. Uh, the longest straw drawn is chosen as the sole survivor, while the other slayers die permanently. Um, the sole survivor has their insight increased by one and must either explain how this loss impacts their character or roll on the resolve table. Uh, they gain one-fourth of the gold each dead slayer was holding and may select one item per dead slayer to take with them. Not including slayers uh, taken by the corpse beast, by the way, because they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the resolve table is dope, though. Yeah, I will the resolve say. table is pretty cool. Um, let's, do you have a dice roller up? I can in about one second. Uh, maybe more than one. All right, I have it up. I'll uh, call that two seconds. I'll roll one. Oh, I got a six. Uh, driven. If you had only, if you had only been stronger, if you had only been through, been more than you are. Um, only constant, never-ending training will bring you peace. You get a plus one to a stat of your choice. Nice. Very cool. So you actually, well, by being the last one, yeah, right. By being the last one living, you get a bonus. Uh, and and I guess you can explain to your next party of slayers like why you have that bonus. Oh, they all fucking died. So now I'm, I'm sorry. I'm paranoid. Yeah, or I'm furious. Or I'm shattered. I do like this. I think this is a really interesting mechanic. That you know, if if you're the last one, you get you get a bonus. That but it's like like haunted, paranoid. Love those. Um. So into the room, loot and feats. So if it's, if you uh, successfully slay all enemy units, it's over. Uh, first, any unconscious slayers regain their senses. Um, next, the slayer should roll all of the skull die. Um, dump so out that red solo cup, you know? Right. Each slayer will gain the amount of gold for their daring exploits and trophy collecting. Lastly, each slayer rolls a d6 to collect a to collect boost boss loot i was say boot loss boss loot and another d6 to collect room loot loot that is marked with a, an asterisk um is unique and cannot be rolled twice thus requiring a reroll however slayers um who must reroll will be given 30 gold for their trouble so um just in a campaign just, if you get a reroll just because you get 30 gold yeah there you go <laughs> boom you survived good job um in a campaign which doesn't exist yet each cleared room will unlock another room at the dungeon's next depth level, slayers will also gain the rights to certain feats on clearing the room under specific criteria. Um, refer to each dungeon-specific feats for more information. Um, this is one of those things, I think we ran into the same thing with Squishy, that I would recommend um, for um, 
it, I guess it's hard, right? So like if you reference a part of a game that's not written, mm-hmm. it makes it difficult when you're reading it because you're going to try to find that. Mm-hmm. But also like until you write it, it's kind of like, well, I, I have every intention of writing it. So I'm going to write it that way. But if you never get to it, if you do get to it and you don't write it that way, you have to go backwards. I, I think it'd be better to go back and retcon saying uh, now reference this in the future than to put it in and then never potentially have the thing come out later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. if I didn't know this, I'd be like, well, where's the campaign book? Like he totally. keeps referencing yeah. the campaign book. Like who do I talk to about the campaign book? You know, like squishy. Oh, that's another one you weren't on. They kept referencing another game that was going to be coming out. And even there were some like feats and stuff wrapped up in like what you could do in this other game, but that other game doesn't exist. So it was just like, well, it, they keep referencing this thing and I can't find it anywhere. So it's interesting because you don't want to rewrite stuff more than once, especially if you put it in the layout. But, you know, it's kind of difficult if it doesn't exist, if people are trying to hunt it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, this is it, it's what happens when you go through an incomplete game. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, advanced. Advanced rules. Um, respite. Uh, respite. Um, respite. Um, after each room. Uh, regardless of success, Slayers will get uh, to use their unique rest action as well as any blood they have remaining. Uh, if they exit the dungeon, the remaining blood will be lost. Uh, you just drop all your blood in the ground when you walk out of the dungeon. Um, yeah. But their progress will remain. Upon exiting the dungeon, Slayers can seek medical treatment to recover all their lost HP. However, the process will cost 30 gold. That 30 gold you got for re-rolling um, that boss loot um, and require the player to sit out for the next room participants are encouraged to use this as an opportunity to experiment with other slayer classes um i just saw the chat <laughs> yeah that's interesting i like it like basically it says like your character has to sit out but you don't just pick something else and run something yeah. else i think that's cool yeah um, i think that that's okay yeah, it's fine. It's uh, fine. I don't yeah. know that I'd be holding my players to that rule. They're already giving up their gold. Like they'll keep playing their player. They can keep playing their character. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking of Darkest Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have to have a character sit out because they're too fucked up for a little while, and I'm like, oh man, I want to bring them back in. You know, like I get it. It's yeah. It's- I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, I get it. I get why you would want to. But I also get where, like, it does make sense. But here's the thing. Um, since it's not a video game, you can just be like, nah, fuck that. And you just bring them exactly. back. Exactly, so yeah. <laughs> I would rather have it written like this and then someone go, nah, never mind, than written in this, like, basically as a house rule in-game, like like the like the, like the the free yeah. action thing. I'd rather be written and then have it be the ability to go with the right amounts. So items, uh, equipment, and consumables. Uh, each layer actually really has a four by three grid of inventory spaces representing the max number of items they can carry. I dig this. Uh, there's a lot of um, uh, here's the thing. I'm not a big like I'm not a big video game guy. I played like six video games ever, but I'll play each one for a thousand hours. Um, but the ones that I have seen that do this are a lot of um, especially like shooters where you have like a backpack thing and it's a grid and yeah. you have to fit all of your shit. Well, Diablo does that. Oh, I never actually played Diablo. Wow. So it makes sense now that it's a four by three. Too late to start now. Um, 
But um, I think that's really interesting, and I like it in the same way that I like uh, Master Order Inventory System. Like, I can imagine actually having tokens for stuff and actually having to fit it into your yeah, grid. Be like, once again, well, my a very sword. tactile, like, yeah. Yeah, engaged uh, part of the experience. Um, I really enjoy this, and I, I like watching people organize their inventory on this in like such a like <laughs> yeah because like, turn my sword I, to I'm hold just, my I'm can of beans guy, but like yeah. i know there are people who are like oh no it's all fitting in here don't worry yeah yeah i like that it feels like those games that are just like like one empty square and you have to like make a puzzle by shuffling like one square <laughs> at a time <laughs> um yeah, so anyway, yeah, so you, something similar to that but yeah, yeah. Um, so each layer has a four by three grid. Um, uh, larger items will mark out specific number of grid spaces. Um, like a great sword occupies one by two space. Love that. Tower shield is two by two. Consumable items can be used at any time to grant its effect. Um, equipable items can be slotted into their designated equipped item space to gain the item's bonus. Um, these items will also mark um, which specific type of slot they need to be in. Um, slayers can change their equipped items excuse me, in lieu of a stride action or dash action. So here's, no, dash, so here's the thing. A stride action is your actual turns action, and a dash right. action is your free action. They don't feel the same to me, but I could be wrong. Like I think in, you're, uh, I think you're correct. Uh, yeah. So, like, dash is a, it, it costs blood. Yeah. Well, then I guess that's fine, because stride you get for free, but dash is on your off turn. So, yeah, that's whatever. Yeah. I think that, no, that's I don't. I, I don't mind how those interact, actually, in that case. Actually, I actually kind of like it. It's like, yeah, yeah, if it's your turn, you can just not move and use it. Or, like, if you're like, fuck, I need to change my next turn, then in your free action, you can still pay the blood to move like you would, which is just dashing. It's just, mm -hmm. it, you'll just you just don't. Yeah, yeah, I actually do like that. You're right. It's clean. Yeah. I like it um da, 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 some items uh will be neither equipable or consumable and you can sell those etc etc um additionally slayers have satchels for their basic consumables separate from their inventory spaces um healing bread heals d6 um and blood tonics grant d6 blood i like that bread and tonic pretty you know, kind of soulsy um slayers can hold a maximum of six of each of these basic consumables outside their item inventory so delicious you get, healing bread you get your four by three grid of inventory and you get a satchel slung over your shoulder the bread is like red colored like a <laughs> absolutely a hundred percent oh i imagined there was actually like blood in the bread and that's what <laughs> was healing you so inventory spells and talents um some consumables grant a single use of a specific forgotten spell or talent using these one-time spells does not count as an action um, likewise, some equipables uh, unlock the use of a new talent at the cost of blood. Using these talents require that the item is equipped. Makes sense if it's an item, your spell you're getting from an item, or talent you get from an item. Gotta be wearing it. Um, uh, that the slayer takes a, an unleashed action, um, and the required amount of blood is expended. Um, and so references this in the blood section. You're, it, it's a paid like activation cost um and very straightforward you should be wearing the thing that has the ability to grant the ability um like like how everything has ever worked at any point in time uh mm -hmm. yeah but yeah good distinction to make you know yeah this is i don't know i don't think this is that way but it also brings up a point like not everything is for everybody 
and this will never be somebody's first tabletop game. No. You know what I mean? So explaining stuff to people that clearly already know, um, I definitely prefer um, when like not everything is for everybody and like needing to like that's the whole reason that i genuinely fucking hate most um like what is a ttrpg it's like and it's the most obscure niche game that like 100 people ever gonna be like yeah i'm gonna play that and it's like this will never be someone's first like you don't have to explain what it is they know no i mean in inversely there's some games we go over where we're like oh yeah this is great to have here because this could definitely be someone's first game master Um, yeah but you know, when you're making a game, do you know that? You know? Oh, hundred percent. Okay, well. Yeah, you don't you don't think you're writing your game for a specific set of people, not for everybody? Yeah, you're right. Okay, you're yeah. right. I retract that statement. You do know that. Absolutely. You could literally put a hat like if you're making like a space game, it could be like as per Star Wars and then just take out whole paragraphs. You know what I mean? Not you, but I'm saying just in general. Um, so uh where were we? Combat passives and bloodlust. So each slayer is equipped with a grizzly combat passive that is active at all times during the room. It defines normal rules, and your critical passive triggers anytime you roll a six on a slay or a talent. Slay, I just realized. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, however, this passive will automatically trigger during such rolls if the slayer is at 18 blood. Um, this bonus comes from a slayer's insatiable bloodlust. Um, so I guess we'll get to combat passives later. Oh, I should download a, um, a character, uh, a slayer sheet a character. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause they're all on there. Um, and they're a blast to look at. Um, yeah. So status effects, um, and elements, basically there are six distinctive, um, status effects, each with an associated primordial element. Excuse me. Um, these status effects will only last for one turn cycle. Um, Units can only be affected by one status at a time. Um, and if a unit is given a new status effect, they will lose the old one and take an immediate two damage upon switching, which I'm like, oh, <laughs> that fucking sucks. Imagine just like yeah. stacking effects on somebody. Um, and, well, you just do two damage each time if you're if you're stuck in effect, so it's interesting. Yeah. Um, additionally, uh, certain elemental damage types can cause unique reactions with certain enemies. Uh, the status effects are as followed. So the element divine, the status effect is fury, which is a very like a divine angelic rage. And you must take a slay action on your turn. The slay action must be directed at a random unit, um, including friendly units. Um, you go into, you know, you're so fueled by your love of God that you strike down your best friend with a sword. Uh, very biblical. Very uh, biblical. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it's <laughs> IRL as you fucking get. Yeah, it really, it really is. It's a little on the nose. Come uh, here, my yeah. son. Um. <laughs> <laughs> God's like, no, I was kidding. I was just testing you. Um, okay, arcane Oops. is another element. The status effect is hex. A hex unit is bound by arcane sorceries that rip and pull the fabrics of their being. A unit takes one damage per space moved. Um, and that includes if they're moved against their will. Um, the next element is Bolt. Uh, the status effect is Vitalized. Um, this is like the opposite of Hex. It's every time you move um, a space, you gain 1 HP, which that's a pretty good status effect. Um, you have Frost. Uh, the effect is Stasis. Um, you can't move, um, right? 
Um, however, you're free to take uh, dash or take action that moves them, which is interesting. So you can't stride, essentially. But yeah, it says you can't stride, but you can dash. You can't pay for movement. Um, I like that. I like that. I don't like, hate it. Yeah, I think I like it. Being forced to use a resource. Again, right. anytime there's a choice mechanic that goes in and resource management falls into that, I don't mind that. Yeah. Because the stats yeah. effect... Yeah, it shouldn't necessarily. I mean, you get like plus one thing, or you get plus one damage. Being able to be like, you have to use your fucking blood to even just move around. I really enjoy that actually. Yeah, I think uh, giving them the choice. I think I do like that. Um, yeah, next one is the element's necrotic, and the status is uh, rotting. Um, you'll take two damage uh, plus two damage whenever you lose HP. So it's like whenever you hurt, you hurt more. I love that. Um, uh, the last one is gonna be infernal, um, and infernal it's gonna be burning. Um, you take three damage every time you deal or deal or attempt to deal damage to another unit. Um, yeah. That, those are the, the LD six distinctive status effects and their associated elements. I do. I'd like them a lot. I do really enjoy. I do like it. Actually, it's a probably yeah. more solid part. Um, I'd like yeah. to see. Something yeah. elements yeah. expanded in use a little bit more, but yeah. something. So uh, next we get to outside the room exploration. This is interesting. And again, we have opinions. So um, outside the room exploration, there's a paragraph here that says you're outside the room and you explore. So I'm going to skip that. So stat checks, the basics, right? So um, we still haven't got to any type of like character creation thing, um, which is like at the very end, which solidifies my preferred thing, which is run down to the basics, character creation, and then full mechanics. For this one, um, I, I'm definitely okay with it. So, having the character creation all the way at the end. Yes, I guess. I don't know. As I am told, all the things I could possibly do in a room, I guess I'd like to know my stats that I could do them with. Yeah, but I guess it doesn't matter that much. Anyway, though, so this doesn't. None of that matters for in the room because exploration outside the room is completely different. So, mm. um. Outside the room, challenging tasks are resolved using stat checks. Um, stat check works the way all stat checks in every game fucking do. Um, if there's no interest in consequence, don't roll. So you have four stats. You have strength, dex, vitality, and magic. Um, it's exactly what you think they all are. Um, and then slayers are roll 2d6. And the total um, has to be um, 2d6 plus stat. If the total meets or exceeds the task's difficulty, it is a success. If not, the slayers failed. So it's not a mixed success. It's just 2d6 with set difficulties. Um, double sixes, demonize is a crit, and double one, snake eyes is a fail. Um, there are uh, edge and threats. Slayers can leverage experience in the character's history, items, allies, simple narrative stuff to gain an edge, which gives them plus one per edge per roll. Um, likewise, the Overlord can do a threat, um, which is a minus one per roll. And then there is a partial success, a partial failure rolling success part, which is interesting. Right. So whenever a Slayer rolls only uh, one or two below the task's difficulty, they will only receive a partial failure. I love that it's partial failure, not partial success, because I think it's very specifically partial failure. Yes. Partial failures can either provide success with consequence example a door is unlocked but the door has been loudly broken or a failure without consequence as in a magical trap is left intact but is not triggered i see that as like 
you either like stepped on the trap, but like the magic had dissipated or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's interesting. I do like the idea of like a failure without consequence. Like I was trying to do something, you didn't do it, but bad shit didn't happen. Is a really interesting way to look at like the mixed success um, part. I think it's interesting. And then for every two points that a slayer rolls above the difficulty, um, you get a rolling success, which adds an additional bonus. So um, this provides overlords with the opportunity to drop additional rewards. So while translating an ancient text, they gain a consumable spell or they aid the other slayers. So um, you succeeded by more than two getting through a booby-trapped hallway so you can guide your allies through it. Again, interesting. I like it. I dig it. There are um, difficulties... At the top, it's a 1 through 12 table. I don't know why it would be a roll table for difficulties. I feel like you would just pick it. There's too many on here for me. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's too many. Way, there's way too many. <laughs> one to three is inconsequential. Uh, I'm four not to five. Inconsequential, we're not rolling. Like, if it does, if there, the consequence does not matter to a thing, then... Yeah, it's, it literally yeah. says overlords should avoid having slayers roll for such checks. My issue with this is not the table or that there's too many. It's just that just take off the word roll. It's that you pick the... <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you pick the difficulty as the overlord. This is... I don't mind these examples. I think there's a great list of examples all the way through. But you don't have to roll for the difficulty. You just pick the difficulty and they roll against it. So there's inconsequential, simple, challenging, daunting, insane, and hellish. Um... So again, like I don't mind the list. It's just it doesn't. You know, well, why would you ever roll on the list to choose the difficulty that someone's rolling against? I think it's just. I think it is defaulted as probably like a like a. Let me drop this thing in here, and the roll just happens to stay on it. You know. Yeah. Um, I ooh. I like. Listen, I. The more games we go through, the less I like targeted like DCs. You know. Yes. But hate them. When I do like them, I like them when there's like three. Uh, that they're like, here are the three, you know. Um, uh, Tall Goon says that. Um, uh, what was I just reading? Um, Ultraviolet Grasslands, the system in uh, Ultraviolet Grasslands does the same thing. It's like, there's there's three difficulties, like one yeah. of these three. Um, Here's the thing is, I, I, I just prefer a game that if you're going to have a set difficulty, obviously, you know me, I like mixed success. Um, but if you're going to pick a difficulty, I prefer games that just pick one and then the mechanics are built around trying to get to that number so for example like merkborg 12 everything is a fucking 12 and if you want to modify that you give advantage or disadvantage boons banes like you can tweak it still but the you take the average plus a little bit and just go with that like best left buried or like orbital blues all that it's 2d6 but i think it's like i think it's a nine that you have to hit to a nine on on all of the things so the thing I like about it most is that it takes away the sometimes um, possibly adversarial nature of the DM choosing yes. um, what they're picking. And I do enjoy this. This has like a plus two minus two system because there's so many times where I'm, I was DMing 5e and I'm like, I'm going to pick 15 and they're all 14. And raw, you just go fail. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, fuck. Like they I do like that. Part. There. Yeah. You know, or, or, or go himbo style, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm like, I, but, so I'm like going to obviously I just moved. We're tangent, um, but I'm going to this like, uh, like little queer comic book and tabletop game store, and I'm like, hey, because they just had like, uh, advanced lovers and lesbians at the 
Thirsty Sword Lesbians, the new one, the, the yeah, yeah. band version. They had both. Um, I was like, hey, have you ever thought about getting uh, Himbos of Myth and Metal by uh, Max Lander? And they're like, no, that sounds awesome. I'm like, yeah, you should, you should, you should get it. It's then we to Max. It's so it, good. like it totally fits this space. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Represent. Tangent. Yeah. Uh, birthing, uh, giving birth to a Slayer. Um, come first, right out of your uterus. The first bit just says that Orf. Slayers can be it can be all different types of people from anywhere at any love point it. in time. Perfect. We Who love gives that. a fuck? Listen, <laughs> if your game has racial bonuses, fuck right off. Like, I'm, yeah. Uh. So your Slayers. Quick, my, let me change it. Your change it real quick. Anyone that gets mad about how other people play their like bourgeois race war game from the 70s can fuck right <laughs> off you know you know oh god that's so dark also so quick right. side note, Dude, quick side note. you should you me. should go get fantastic meetable campaigns for marsha b traverse fantasy definitely check this out i actually haven't gone through that so so good i just got mine today physically but if you're in chat check it out uh it is literally free on the traverse fantasy itch page and at cost at lulu buy it read the last page have fun that's anyway. an incredibly funny take but yeah uh yeah <laughs> i don't know how to bounce back from that um yeah rolling stat bonuses so this is a stat bonus game you roll four d6 that's one for each stat and you assign the whatever the stat bonus is so if you roll a two your stat bonus is zero. If you roll five or six plus two um, to each individual stat, the stats obviously are not listed here. They're actually listed the page above, which I guess if you're doing it's still this, the same, not, yeah, it's still the same page. I, I did yeah. the same thing where I was like, man, I wish the stats were out here. I was like, oh, it's literally the thing right above this. Yeah, whatever. I still think put them next to the rolling stats part, but whatever. Oh, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I. Yeah, ensure that the Slayers are aware of the importance of their damage stat and that each Slayer has at least one plus two stat. I'm not I'm not making sure they have one plus two stat. Listen, if you roll a piece of shit who's got a bunch of negative ones and zeros, you're playing them. Um, I actually really like the way that the stat bonuses are determined. Is there another game that does it exactly like, like this? The roll? So, like, maybe, maybe I'm just making it more complicated in my head because it's... Because I suck at math. <clears throat> oh. oh, sorry. Took out the sneeze out for those in the podcast. Um, NVIDIA broadcast for the win. Um, so, like, you're not rolling 3D6 per stat and then, like, getting a bonus. You're rolling 1D stat, and whatever you roll determines directly the bonus. I guess it's the same. You're just rolling less die. But for some reason in my head, I'm like, I really liked that you, like, you go strength. You go 1D6. Okay, I rolled a 3. All right, that's a plus 1. For some yeah. reason, I don't know. Counterpoint, um, if you're going to put in here, make sure each Slayer has at least one plus two stat. Don't make them roll. Give them a spread. Yeah, I, you I got, agree with that completely. A plus two, a one, and two zeros or whatever. Um, yeah, I completely agree with that. I would definitely be like, no, you get what you get. That sucks for you. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's how like, uh, you know, making characters like death in space, like where you have to do the mechanic oh. where you like... like D4 minus D4? Yeah. You're gonna get I love some. It. I love it so you're much. You're shithole characters, and, but like yeah. personally, whenever I play someone who's a total piece of shit that's gonna die, I'm like, this is a blast for me. <laughs> you yeah. know. Well, um, 
I think it's different too, though. Death in Space Service is this like tactical war horde combat. You kind of need stats, and I think an array would actually probably like just I I wouldn't mind just being like, okay, let me take off the left side of that roll table again. Okay, you get a minus one, a zero, a plus one, and a plus two. Exactly like you said, just have that yeah. as an array, and then just go yeah. with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, but I yeah, I definitely think a salary for this it would be beneficial, especially if you're really like it says like make sure that they have at least one plus two. It's like, well, then just give it, give them that. Um, yeah, there are some other um, stats as well. Um, there is insight. Um, so uh, this world holds many ancient and unseen things, mysteries, horrors, and truths that are unfathomable to comprehend and may even break the mind. A slayer's insight reflects their awareness of the truths uh, and may only be raised or lowered by the overlord. Interesting stat um speed which is your movement um basically it's it it's three plus your dex your dexterity stat makes sense to me um max hp um which slayers cannot normally overheal heal past this match max hp um ma max hp is equal to 12 plus a d6 uh plus players vitality stat bonus um which i don't know <sighs> That's another one to me. It's like, so your stat b vitality bonus is either, it just seems like such a negligible number when you're talking about like 12 plus D6 plus maybe like a one or a zero or a two. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem like, what do, I, what do I get from adding that vitality stat bonus? I mean, the difference between a minus one and a plus two could be death. You know, that's a three point swing. Yeah, that is, that is fair. I mean, just next to like, 12 plus d6 it seems like very minor i think it's just interesting that because it's not like if it's 12 plus your vitality stat that makes sense to me because you could either be 11 right. or 14 but totally. because you have a random number in there it almost takes away because you could like roll low and have high or roll high and have low and it really yeah. like equals itself out a little bit i mean i don't mind it I mean, it could be a little bonus for you, or you could just go, damn, that's one less, you know? But, you know, at the same time, you're right. But, like, it, 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 it does have, like, a fiddliness. But I also think it could be, like, trying to give every stat a derived stat. That's kind of where I, where I was at with that. But I will also say that insight is not, is not like, a, like, is not derived from anything, you know? Right. Um, right. And then there's sin um which is just calculates the weight of the slayer's soul in the eyes of the church of the holy hymn um which just cool to read out loud um yeah, yeah it, it is the omnipresent guilt that weighs even on non-believers and can be weaponized in certain uh, by certain enemies so sin is equal to two plus d6 plus your magic bonus stat um <laughs> I will say that hit me as blasphemous so fucking hard, and I love yeah. it so much. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Another weird like a two, plus a d six. I mean, at least this time I'm like, okay, well, if you have a plus one and you have a two and a d six, like another plus one is great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sin can be increased at the overlord's discretion whenever slayers are found to be at odds with the church's doctrine. Um, each slayer begins their journey with 2d6 uh, times 10 gold uh, worth, sorry, gold worth of ill-gotten gains um, for the purpose of a shorter game of Demon Crawl. Um, this is all that's required. Um, you're done. And this is the shortest game it's going to be because this is the quick start. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so for the, for the purposes of the quick start guide, they do not have motives or feats. Um, or like, I think there was like a, a, it's a background equipment or something like that. Yeah. Uh, next is bearing the burden of the overlord. Um, a lot of this is, uh, the room sheet stuff. So, uh, basically yeah. to take on the burden of the overlord is to bring an untold suffering and joy upon their slayers. I, I love the way this is all written. It's great. It's in like an infel font, which is very, you know, thematically, uh, edgy. Um, it's great, but basically you're, you're the overlord. You know, um, the lore is out there. There's some names and stuff. I think in the campaign, um, there will be more, which I think is interesting. Um, there's a whole thing for performing towns where towns are similar to dungeons, which I, you know, could like or not like. Um, there's a, a little blurb here on the side about um, exploration is uh, intentionally structured to allow for overlords to cater their crypts to their slayers' interests. Um, uh, okay. Um there's the room sheet, which we'll go over in just a second. And then there, um, okay. So this, this is where I'm, I'm scrolling for those that can't see me scrolling. Um, this next two or three pages, um, is the part where it gets very, very, uh, finicky and tactical. And I think puts um, a lot of burden onto the uh, overlord um, in a way that I have an opinion on at the end. Um, so uh, going over the room sheet, basically for those that can't see it, it's it's a it's a it's a sheet of paper. Imagine eight and a half by eleven paper turned sideways, split it in half, and there's eight parts to this, right? So um, section one, name, depth, and lore. Um, section two is creep spawn table. Section three is the solo spawn table. Section four is the boss stat block. Um, section five is a boss and room table loot. Section six is the room loot. Section seven is the spawn tracker. Section eight is the extra room rule. So it does look as complicated as it sounds for those listening. I will say I really loved this game, but it took me like three, four tries to actually be able to sit down and parse this room sheet. Because as soon as my little, my little ADHD brain saw this sheet, I closed the doc and said, mm, not today. <laughs> um, so funny. I did pretty much. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I like got through one of the sections of it and I was like, I'm good. I don't, I'm, I'm fine. We'll talk about this on the show. It's, it's, yeah. it's not just that there's a lot on there. It is the layout itself. It is unkind to read. It reminds me of like a classic RPG, like stat, like info, you know, and yeah, not like, like retro master. Yeah. yeah, like actual yeah. old games, how they're you're just reading. You're like, what the fuck? So here's the thing is it's very dense. I will say that. But once you do read it, it's definitely not as bad as it looks. No, like, it's the layout, though. It's the layout of it. I just don't know what you would do. How would you lay out this amount of information differently besides making two pages? I would do something. I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't mind it. Um, but honestly, like you could probably make the room layout part smaller. You're not playing on this sheet. It's just a reference. Yeah. You know? 
Um, anyway, so let's run through this real quick. So uh, section one, name, death, and lore. Uh, it's really interesting. It is the name of the dungeon, and it is a cool little blurb about the dungeon. We'll go over a room sheet later where we actually like look at the room sheet. Um, section two is a creep spawn table. So um, uh, they deduce the result of each creep spawn roll as well as the stats for each unit type. Um, the mob name is italicized. Actually, do I have this specific sheet? Which I'm one looking is at this? the garrison right now. Oh, this is depth level one. And yeah, I downloaded depth level two. Um, so it's still the uh, same thing at the top. So um, basically, yeah, section two is the creep spawn table. So there's a list of D6 um, creeps and all of their stats, like everything. It's got the name. It's got the stats. It's got the the um, uh, like the abilities, like the status effects, like all that for each of the creeps. Um, and then section three um uh like special rules everything like that section three is the solo spawn table same thing size damage everything section four is the boss stat block it's exactly what you think it is i already said that part uh section five the boss and room loot table is another uh for room loot or the boss loot table there's a d6 um and then uh for the room loot table what does that say it says d6 as well is that what you're looking oh, at so the room? It's, oh, it's just a series. It's just a series of rolls. So instead of like six different things, it's three different things. And it's like one, two, three, four, three, four, five, and six. So the room loot is a smaller list. Um, the spawn tracker is one I didn't really quite understand. The spawn tracker simply tracks how many units of each kind are spawned on each consecutive enemy turn. Remember the first pawn, blah, blah, blah. For the purpose of the quick start guide, difficulty is simple. Is simply equal to the number of slayers in a room. So I guess that makes sense. Um, unit spawn per difficulty. Yeah, so it, it so that's just a change potentially. That's your modifiers for spawn and stuff. Okay, um, and then the extra room rule. If there are any additional rules, and on this one, um, the additional rule. Let's look at the garrison here. Um, it says the dead are pot. No, that's just a quote. Huh. Anyway, maybe it's maybe it's a rule written in like a uh, um, a. Oh yeah, uh, are you which part of the garrison are you looking? at? I'm on depth two. I don't have on that one. You're looking. At oh depth yeah, I'm two on depth two, two as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe it's just a quote. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't see depth one in mind. So yeah, I, here's the thing. It's it's a lot to parse. It's a shitload to parse. Um, and then there are uh, stat saves, which are different. Which I don't understand why. Variety of demonic abominations and horrific machinations require slayers to make a stat save. Um, it is important to note that stat saves are different than out-of-room stat checks. When rolling a stat save, slayers will only roll a single d6 and then add their stat bonus. The slayer's total must equal or be greater than the stat save's requirement. Otherwise, they suffer the failure penalty. I mean, it's check versus save. Right. But... Not a fan. Don't yeah. have two separate mechanics for the same shit. It, it's right. just hard. I mean, so I was reading this, and, you know, I'm in Oregon, which is a legal state now, and so I might have been, you know, partaking as I was reading this, and I got to this part, and I was like, oh, my God, it's one more thing. <laughs> it's a yeah. different thing. <laughs> it's just no it is just no reason. And the other yeah. thing, too. <laughs> There's like, really not. And also, this is such a weird place to put it. Like... Yeah. We already went over all the combat actions and stuff that you do in a room. So put this up in the room, like in that section. 
You know what I mean? Yes. I guess it's part of a room, but it's also not like it's not part of the room. It's the mechanic of actually being in the fight. So put it up there. Um, gosh, common room. There's terrain. There's walls. There's pits. There's doors. There's rubble. There's chests. There's mimic chests. All of which have different mechanics for like breaking them down or crossing and stuff like that. I'm not going to go over all of that right now. This is where it starts to get like the, the nitty, the real nitty gritty bit of like how much HP a door has and stuff like that. Fine. Necessary for this thing. Not yeah. necessary for a stream Tot right now. Yeah, for, for this game, totally yeah. okay for that rule to exist, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, there's a Hellforge hacking demon crawl section, which realistically um, is not so much like it's a little bit of guidance on how like how to make your spawns in a mostly non-mechanic way which i think needs a much more mechanic help um but it says like one of your creep types should be a blood generator that deals little damage and spawns large crowds that to me isn't helpful at all because i got that from saying what the creep was you know what i mean yeah. so like this is i think this is the thing that maybe like in a campaign thing makes sense putting it into like a big gm section and having a little bit of like gm guidance whatever but yeah um, I don't think that there's enough enough here. Like, I would not sit down and make a room with the amount of information I have here. Yeah. Yeah. The future of Demon Crow Gothic basically says um, uh, eventually they would like it to be fleshed out into a full hex crawl with unlockable slayers, diverse locales, rules for progression, building a town, fishing, basically make the rest of the game. Um, and I would love to see that. And maybe there would be Demon Crawl 6666, which is a uh, future hellish technology full of rip gates and stuff. I don't know if that's ever going to become a thing, apparently. Uh, I was chatting with um, uh, Sandra a little bit, and we'll see. I would love to see um, uh, future hell. Here's the thing about tech. You know I don't love tech. If I'm, if I'm going to do tech, I want it to be far right. space. And the best far space tech is like hell tech. What, what What's the movie where the ship goes through hell? Uh, Event Horizon. Love it. Greatest thing ever. Best sci-fi. Like, give me hell if you're going to give me space. So, um, uh, uh, there is a the final woe, an intro to Valeria, which I really love. Um, read it. It's three paragraphs. I could read it right now. I'm not going to. It's a really cool, fun uh, little intro into the world of Valeria, which is where all of this stuff uh, happens and where the Church of the Holy Hymn um, prepares the final woe um, before, like, all hell breaks loose, basically. I love it. It's fantastic. The lore is dope. I would love to see a whole campaign um, with more of this stuff in it. Um, it's really good. I really dig it. I really like that part. There's an author's note here that I'm also not going to read um, where it talks about a lot of stuff, which is interesting to read. Um, and then that's it. That uh, is the Do you game. want to look at a Slayer sheet before we really wrap it up? Because we didn't look at yes. a Slayer sheet. Yes, 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 yes. So, um... So this is the dungeon guide sheet. So uh, I guess when you get a dungeon, so I got this. So basically you have a dungeon guide and then you have the number of depths in it. So on top of the very convoluted, in my opinion, um, uh, room sheet, this guide sheet goes through like town, town ambience, some major characters in town, um, merchants, like rumors that you'll find. I really like this. I don't see any reason this has to be on one sheet. I don't see any reason why this can't be. It's very dense. It, my my take my takeaway from this is the layout is a nightmare for me. Like all nightmare, the little yeah. boxes. 
I'm just like, oh, <laughs> with, with a little bit of, with a with a little bit of like the 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 like the the blur pops in the corner, you know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like my brain yeah. shuts the fuck right off. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> pages, pages have both front and back. Can you yeah. please just put half this information on the back? I will say I do love this. Um, the uh, the corpse starved wolf dog writer. A singed husk of metal and machinery sits atop the rotting, reanimated corpse of an armored wolf dog. She bears the crest of Sandberg's chief physician and carries a sack full of corpses, some regal, others pedestrian. She can be heard in Sandberg's halls, raving about a cure to a plague and cheating death itself. If discovered, her lab is full of grotesque experiments filled with forbidden tomes on soul binding and demon summoning. Another corpse, another corpse, the cure, the cure, my king. I shall finally, finally find the cure. This is the corpse beast. So fucking cool. There's definitely some really great lore in this, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. Really, really good. And then, like you said, uh, let's look at a Slayer sheet. Oh, which one did I download? I downloaded the Ragged Warrior because I always find Human Fighter to be the easiest stat block to go through and... If you thought it was going to be just as convoluted as all the rest, it is. Um, just, it is like, so it's not actually like, it, like everything else, it's not even really that crazy when you read it. It's really just how it's laid out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It makes it super, it, it's just like everything with fucking ADHD. Like, it makes my laundry pile look really big, but I realize when I get to the laundry room, it's all just one load anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that bad once you get in there, but looking at it from the outside, it's so much. It's so much. This is also a lot of information for it's, players. Well, and a lot of the rules are restated here, which I kind of like sometimes, but like on this one, I mean, I think maybe my biggest takeaway for this one is like current hit points and current blood. Like, I don't need a list for that. Just make a uh, blank open spot, and they can fill it in as they go. Yes, that's you know? so. What what Hunter's saying for those on podcast land is it goes to thirty, and there's actually listed boxes numbers one all the way to thirty, as if you're gonna like put a token on it when you could literally just have one box that's empty, and you just write what you have in it. And the same thing for your blood too. I don't mind the blood as much because you can kind of like use a slider or whatever for it. But, like, you don't need it, though. Current blood versus max blood, current HP versus max HP can fit in one little box. Totally. Just like healing bread and just like blood tonic and stuff like that. Like, you don't need that, and it, it really muddies up the layout a lot. I do like all of the art that are on all of the other sheets, though. I think they're fantastic. Yes. But on each sheet, you have name and trait. You have all your stats. You have a section of what you look like. You have feats. Here's the thing. is It gives you your look and act and, and stuff like that already. Okay, um, it gives you some background, like quotes and bonus bio stuff already. The stuff that you carry, like gear that doesn't count towards you. You get your inventory grid at the bottom. Um, there's the rule for death at the bottom. You get your class. There's all of your rest actions, your combat passives, your talents, all what the slayer actions are. Um, the elemental status effects are listed on here, too. The blood shop is listed on here, too. I again. I feel like half the sheet doesn't need to be here because the entire yeah. right. Well, no, it literally doesn't. That's the thing. This is a spread. There's a black bar down the middle. Everything on the right outside of your current and max hit points is just reiterated rules. I'm realizing yeah. that right now. 
So yeah, only until, the, uh, yes, the stats affects everything. Yeah, yeah. It's a, the actual character sheet is literally just half, which makes my brain parse this much easier. But I'll tell you what: if you had given me this in two pages versus one giant page with a line down the middle, I could approach this a lot more easily. I still think the like hit points, blood, healing bread, and blood tonic. I need over on the first page. Yes, I agree. Know? I agree, one hundred percent. If you put that on the other page and then just had the entire back page be a quick rules reference. I love it. I think that's great. Yeah. So it's not so, as bad as it's not as bad. Like I said, it's not as bad as it looks, but I will say straight up a lot of the way that all of the information is laid out on the, on the, the, the sheets, room sheets, com- like all of those things. Fuck. It makes your brain. It makes my brain hurt. Um, okay. And that's, I think that's it. I think that's the game, right? That, that's the game. Okay, so we're going to kick over to the review scores. We are going to review this. Um, but here's here's the thing. Here's my opinion before we even review this. Or do you want me to give it to you after? No, I want it now. Okay, so... This is two games. Okay. And I think both of them are good and should be split apart into two games. Yeah, there we go. I was going to say, they're actually, I I think it's two games and they're both okay and would thrive if they were split into two different games. Yes, but here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you take out, if you take out exploration completely, status effects, blood, skulls, all of that stuff and make a game and then you just turn combat into regular combat, like bad guys come out, you kill them, things like that. I think that would be a dope, fucking awesome, grim, dark, really fun game with some interesting, cool mechanics to it, right? Yeah. Um, the other game, the room game, is a tabletop game. Have you ever played Escape the Dark Castle? No. This, and here's the every t- anything could be a t- TTRPG. You just role play with it, right? But right. I think when I read through the combat rules. It's the like a board game stuff, tabletop game. The ro- yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like Escape the Dark Castle is like an adventure game where like it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Marching Order, but Marching Order definitely lets you like RP a lot more. But like right. you you know how it's like you like you don't really play Marching Order. You don't make your own marching order. You wait for more marching order because the way it's written, like it's designed for you to play like solo, but you can play with other people, right? I think this is the same thing. I think that as a tabletop game, not a tabletop role-playing game, as a tabletop game, you go, okay, like all you have to do is not roll for stats, have the stat array on your um, your Ragged Warrior because it's literally mm-hmm. the only thing that's not already listed there. Right. You pick a card a big card that has all of your, this is my Slayer card. And then the overlord goes, okay, we're playing fugue dungeon and the fugue dungeon comes with five big cards that yeah. they turn over. Right. And then they set out their chessboard and go, okay, I put my exit token down. I put my wall tokens down. I lay it out like, like kind of in the way, you know how you do like, um, uh, what's that spy versus spy game where you try to like figure out each other's, um, uh, words or whatever and it gives you like a little card that has like the layout of which ones are the blue ones and which ones are the red ones fuck what is that game called it doesn't matter um code names uh, i've heard of it you know how played. there's like oh okay well anyway so anyone in podcast land code names gives you a little card and then that card tells you what the grid is actually on the grid that's literally all you would have to do is like yeah the room sheet goes to the overlord 
and it just comes pre-made like that because I can't imagine making a whole dungeon putting this much into it like making six seven room sheets for the entire dungeon and uh, until there's way more campaign information I think there's really it's it'd be really difficult to parse this in a way that's intended by the creator but if you made the whole grid combat a tabletop game where it's all just handed to you as cards and stuff like that yeah um and tokens and then you pulled out like make a different combat system but pull out everything else into a standard ttrpg both games in my opinion would be sick as fuck i but would together, actually would much prefer this like the yeah. room game as like a tabletop non-role-playing game like i think i really would prefer that yeah like you, you get a box set and you set stuff out and you have like little figurines for all your dudes and you're just like that's the game um yeah. it feels much yeah. more like a skirmish game or a tabletop game to me yeah like and almost in a, like a more of a forbidden psalm because forbidden psalm you can totally run as a ttrpg but it doesn't pretend it's an odd skirmish game no it doesn't and and that's why yeah. it is continues to be amazing so fucking um, good yeah <laughs> and it's just it just i don't know i think it could be an amazing dungeon delving tabletop adventure game it, it, also go look at escape the dark castle i have everything they've ever made for it it's fucking amazing and i think you'd love it there's the sci-fi version too um but this, as soon as I read through that comment section, I was like, man, this would be a fucking sick companion game to, like, Escape the Dark Castle. Not that it'd be, like, that it would go together, but that it would, it would sit on the same shelf side by side yeah. and be fucking amazing. Again, I love tactical TTRPGs. I think this one crosses the line to me from TTRPG into combat being, like, pure tactics. I don't see where right. I'm going to roleplay at all, especially considering half my actions are free actions that I don't even talk to the GM about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, anyway, I super agree. That's my opinion. This feels like two games, one of which is a tabletop adventure game and one of which is a tabletop role-playing game, and both would be sick. Together, all the exploration stuff feels tacked on. All right. I, I, my opinion coming out of this was that all the exploration stuff feels tacked on. So we're very much cool. on the same page. Yeah. Um, so uh, review scores for uh, Demon Crawl Gothic. Yes. Uh, visuals. How are you feeling about visuals in this one, buddy? And I have a question. Actually, I have a, I have a, a I didn't question. Uh, do the slayer sheets and room sheets count towards this? Towards yeah, I'm gonna room? say I'm gonna say all of that shit counts cool. as the game. Yeah. Um. So visuals in the so for those that are also listening, we're reviewing this like a zine, so it's only three scores with max of 10 points each. So it's a max of 30 instead of a normal max of 50. So visuals is all of it visually, which means layout and what it looks like and everything. Mm -hmm. So the problem <laughs> is the art that is here, which is the cover, which is stunning. stunning. The, um, there's a lot of, we didn't go over how much there is here, but there's like, well, like eight Slayer sheets. There's a lot. There's For being unfinished, there's still a players, lot. Like player sheets, like there's, there's more character classes in this that you than you would get normally. Um, yeah, in any case, I, I I expected three, and I really think there are like seven or eight of them. There are. Yeah, you were correct. Yeah. So, um, the art on that is great. The one think, piece, yeah, yeah, the one piece on each one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's not a ton of art through the entire thing, which is fine. It's an unfinished quick start. It's basically an ash can. If this was just called an ash can, I'd feel very differently about it. I, I, I you know, what's so funny is like I would, I was thinking that at some point yesterday, and I was like, yeah, this is this, this is an ash can. Uh, they just don't call it that. Uh. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of pluses, and I think the art is cool. 
I think the layout through the normal document is fine. There's nothing on it that really bothers me. I don't feel yeah. like it's a lot of walls of text even, and it's not gridded and stuff. It's infill. It's not Cambria or Arial or, or something like that. I think it's it's fine. I think the art is good, and I think that the room sheet layouts and all all of that stuff hurts hurts my brain. Yeah, they're they're like, God, why do they make so many little fucking boxes? It's um, too dense. It's too dense. It is. Like it, I said, if it was just a tabletop game and that was just the overlords, like there's like a, I even imagine the box being able to like flip over and have a grid on the back of the box. Yeah, totally something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally yeah. get like it is definitely more that game than um you know yeah. to, to the role playing game. But having like a little stand for the overlord to have that sheet in front of him and then have everything run off that sheet, I f I'm fine with the information being that dense. As a tabletop role playing game, that could easily split into like two plus pages because you don't need all of it that small on one single individual page, you know what I mean? So the layout no, hurts my face. Yeah. All right. So, what are you thinking for? I think there's pluses and minus. What do you think for visuals? I think visuals for me, man, plus and minus, it's a five. Yeah, I agree. I think I think any pluses are kind of like outweighed by minuses. Yeah. Um. But again, you know, if this was a full thing, I'm sure there'd be more art, and the artists that they did choose are fantastic. Totally. Uh, rule set. This is hard because which one are we reviewing? Then I mean I think that in and of itself is a detracting factor. Like yeah. which one are we reviewing? I think that there are two really good games in here somewhere, and I think that they're stepping on each other's toes to get out. Yep. Um, yep. I, you know I like a lot of the mechanics, um, and I like the choice mechanic i like how blood is used and how later on it's referenced like even like the status ailments where it's like oh you can't move unless you spend that spendable resource to move I'm like oh that's good that's good um so i mean i'm i'm i think i'm at a five i think i'm way higher than a five in here as well okay because because I think here's how I feel. Tell me how you feel. There's not really a mechanic in here at all, beginning to end. Mechanics. Not game, but just like mechanics where I'm like I don't I don't like that. There's very few. You know, like stat saves versus stat checks, but again, that's two different games. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I love I love Blood and Skulls. I love the corpse yeah. beast. I love the status now, effects. Skulls I is love really good. the lore. Maybe I'm a I six actually. I love all of that. The part I don't like, I love all of all of that. The part I'm not as big a fan of is the room combat. Um, and it's mostly just because like there's this, it's just, it's a different, like it's a different, it's just it's a, a different, different game. game. Yeah. I don't know. I think individually, if I were to look at this as two different games, like this would easily be like a seven or an eight for me because I think one or the other is really, really fantastic. It's not two different games though. And I think, yeah, I, I think I, I've changed to a six. Like, yeah, I think here's, I think it's an amazing set of mechanics that makes a convoluted game. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think six is harsh, but I think it's where it's at. Like, I don't think I think that the 
sum is less than its parts. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Versus versus saying that the sum is greater than its parts. I think the sum is less no, than its I, parts. I, I think yeah, I got you. Individually, I, I think yeah, this is for podcast land. Yeah, I think I think individually, I think I love so much of this game. But actually sitting down and 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 imagining playing it as written, my brain would not work. Like I did, like it literally would not function. And I feel like I would have to be flipping two different switches for two different parts of the game. Oh, when does this rule um, come in? Wait, are we stats, checks, or are we saves right now? Like yeah. the <laughs> like, room is done. There's it's just it's just I just can't get over the fact that like once I told my brain that it was two different games, I just said it's two different games, both of which are great, yeah. but together it just I don't know. Um vibes. For me, vibes are fucking high as fuck on this. Vibes are pretty good. You know, I think the lore that's in here is good. Um I'd like to see it expanded upon, but there's some yeah. good little nugs in there, you know? Yeah. I I'm yeah. Vibes for me, I'm sitting at. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of art to vibe with, um, but like the little Lord. Yeah, but Lord, that's 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 mostly under visuals. I know it I'm, helps, I'm but here's the thing. Here's seven. the thing. I'm I'm higher than that because we can go back and look at what your face looked like when Blood and Skulls popped up. Yeah, we can go back there. and look at what your face looked like when we described the corpse beast. You know, we can look like. Even the elemental effects where we're like, yeah, stasis, using blood for dash, the blood, like to me, as far as like just pure vibes, like I know that like it's hard to go, okay, it's two games and that part annoys me. But if I just go, damn, look at that cover, fucking Blood Skulls is one of the coolest things ever, Corpse Beast is one of the coolest things ever, like I want to sit down and play this game. I think it would break my brain, but like I want to sit down and play this game hard. And Valeria, I know I'm more of an edge lore than you, so like the actual lore part of it like the 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 church of the holy hymn and the final wall and all this stuff for me and we can meet in the middle if we need i'm at least an eight on vibes just because of how vibey the game is and and the way the rules are written reinforce it blood and skulls being mechanics i'll meet you at a seven on this one i'm down for that at least yeah i think that's at least a seven um i do think the other things do bring down the vibes because it really comes down to like how bad you want to play the game um and i don't want to play this that bad actually i want to i want to play either or both of these games yeah i think if divided out i would actually enjoy both of these a lot more but like in its current state i'm like i'm i i'm probably not going to read this again unless they release another version and i'll go through it um all right, so we are at an 18, which it to me, this, I don't know. I personally love this game. Um, I want to see it finished so I yeah. can see, because maybe we're, maybe we're missing parts that aren't there. You know what I mean? Maybe there's so much more that really brings the two together more. That's my hope, you know? Maybe. Yeah. But I genuinely, I, I genuinely think if you kept everything, um, took out the horde combat part and and took like half of it into one game and parts of the same half moved it into another game, you'd have two fucking amazing games that I would play the shit out of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. That's our opinion. This is this is also one of the ones I wanted to talk about specifically because of that that thought in my head where I was like. Damn, I would play this as a tabletop adventure game. I can't believe you don't know Escape the Dark Castle because this gives me so much vibe for Escape the Dark Castle. You definitely have to check it out. Um, oh, I have Escape Everest. the Dark Sector, the, uh, oh, the space version. version? Yeah, yeah, I have it pulled up right now. So, 
It's mm. good. They're both really, really sick. Um, I would be like, no one might be like, I might just buy it right now, but I don't have a job. So, <laughs> yeah. and it's expensive. Um, so, so yeah, so that is the, uh, that is Demon Crawl Gothic. Again, I, I love so much of this and, and, um, that's that's what I want to say about it. I think this is fantastically written. I think the mechanics are ingenious and extremely well done. I just think it kind of needs to figure out what it really wants to be. I agree. I like a lot about it a lot. It's not maybe quite as much my thing as it is yours, but I still really like a lot of things about it. I, and I, I think it needs some clarifying and dividing. Um, yep. But yeah. Cool. So that's it. Definitely go check it out regardless. Um, you know, again, extraordinarily interesting mechanics. Great to read through. Demon Crawl Gothic. Uh, Sandroad.itch.io. Um, check, uh, check them out also on uh, Twitch at Sandro May Cry. And you definitely, if you if you really like the uh, tactile aspects of this, you super, super, super want to check out um, uh, Steelhearts. I think um, one of the reasons Demon Crawl Gothic is kind of on the back burner for the foreseeable future is because of the amount of work that's being put in steel hearts and it's it, yeah, really fucking cool so that's definitely a game that we'll probably talk about at some point here on the stream um really really fun interesting if you like mech combat again i think it's interesting mechanically mech combat isn't my favorite thing this is definitely would be like this as hunter's wheelhouse version this is my wheelhouse version so when we get to that um We'll uh we'll check it out. Maybe we'll see um Sandro here on the stream in the future uh going over Steelhearts. So um find us at all of our stuff, link tree at the weekly scroll. Uh check out the rest of everything. If you're listening uh right now and I actually get the episode out by tomorrow, you definitely want to be here on Friday because Adam Vass will be rejoining us to play uh the game of punk death where we're gonna die like crazy it's called no future you can get it right now on the trick-or-treat suite at worldchamp.io you absolutely want to because you get this sweet let me just go to the full screen here this sweet trick-or-treat grab bag with a world champ logo on it a bunch of dope stickers you even get little vampire teeth and witch fingers and stuff with it which is just cute as fuck. Um, but it's five full games of uh, spooky horror goodness from World Champ. They're amazing. And you'll see Adam running it for myself and Hunter. No future on Friday here on the stream. And on Sunday, we'll, we'll be going over Hell Knight. Um, you may remember um, the creator from uh, Warplant, um, which is... Uh, it actually won, I think, like one or not one it, it was one of our top five games visually um and some other stuff in our uh first year in review so um fun interesting game we're gonna be going over with hell knight have a wonderful evening you all because i'm rambling now and we'll see you all later bye, bye, -bye.